0: Welcome, Bears fans. We're going to brick you in with Bears scat today. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, we're getting ready to talk about the folly of football madness
1: that we watched yesterday. (laughs) Yep, and before we get into that, just a couple of our standard reminders. You can find us on both the Apple Podcasts app as well as on Spotify. And if you want to interact, you can also follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. And you can email us at bearsscat.podcast at gmail.com. And again, that email address is included on the Twitter page. Uh, So with that, I think it's just fair to start the show by saying the Bears, once again, are a national laughing (laughs) stock. For, it seems like, the fourth time this season they've had just an absolute disastrous performance. This one, not entirely unexpected, but... Everything was all, was just kind of laid bare for you to see. Just all of the issues with this Bears team were thoroughly exposed by just a much more talented roster. And, of course, the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. But it was a really tough watch. And, you know, even though I had absolutely no expectations going into the game, I was somehow still disappointed in the way <laughs> the Bears played. So congratulations <laughs> to them on that.
0: Uh, laid bare, pun intended. Uh, yeah, that... That was just an absolute debacle. I don't know which was worse, the Browns game uh, or yesterday. But the fact that we had two of them in one year, mere weeks apart, I'm really disappointed that we haven't heard about Nagy's firing yet. Yes, Bears fans, I do get it. It's not all his fault. But you know what? He's the one that makes the big bucks. He's the one that wanted to be a head coach. This is his first opportunity, and it's about as much of a disaster as it can be. And the thing is, is that we can't have this product. We we just can't. Uh, any consumer of anything in the United States would return this and say, I want my freaking money back.
1: Well, it, it just goes down to... Who in the building thinks that this is acceptable? Right. You've had four losses this year, and they were four absolute embarrassments so far. I mean, people forget how pathetic that opening night was against L.A., but that was a complete egg that was laid by the Bears. And Then we had the Cleveland game. And then you put up a fight against the Packers, but all anybody's going to remember from there is him dancing around in the end zone, screaming at the fans, (laughs) and then going on every talk show in the country to poke fun at the Bears, along with Tom Brady, who then this week comes out and just completely outclasses you, as everybody expected. But, you know, it'd be one thing if this was the first year of a new regime, but this is year four, and and you're still getting absolutely boat-raced by the best teams in the league. It's, It's unacceptable. And at what point does whoever
0: unacceptable yeah who,
1: who at what point does whoever in the mccaskey family is making these decisions just say this is unacceptable Nagy, you're gone pace you're gone and if you're going to do it at the end of the season get on with it yeah. stop wasting everybody's time with this because as we've talked about on this podcast the most important thing in my opinion this year is developing justin fields and we haven't seen any improvements from him so far none
0: um so uh, to follow up what jim was just saying uh I think Nagy needs to go today, uh, but um, Pace needs to go too. And Ted Phillips. I have never been big on looking at Ted Phillips as part of this issue because it was always promoted from the McCaskey family that he was the money man. He he didn't have any direct hand in the football decisions. I'm calling bullshit because this has gone on Far too long, three GMs and five head coaches under him. Uh, as the as you go up to each tier, that is more responsibility. That's more money, and that puts you more in charge. And the GMs are reporting to him, and the head coaches are reporting to the GMs. Came out in the off season that actually George McCaskey and Ted Phillips met with Matt Nagy regularly. So that's we need to dispel that illusion. And Phillips needs to go out the door with
1: him. Yeah, the, the thing is rotten to the core up at Hallis Hall, and I want to get into that a little bit later. A couple of things I want to call out first from the game is that you, ta- you think about the Bucks, and naturally everybody thinks of Brady first, right? And understandably so. But when you look at the rest of that roster, it is a stacked NFL team. Absolutely. And, and so when we're talking about firing... He's not a stupid man. No. When, when we're talking about firing Matt Nagy, right, like, I, I don't think any coach in the NFL would have been able to put together a game plan to have the Bears beat the Buccaneers. The talent mismatch is that great. But all around the NFL, you see... Bad team showing up and being competitive in games. You saw it yesterday with Detroit, and I'm no big fan of the Detroit Lions, but they went out to L.A. in a terrible spot for them and stayed competitive. Why is it so far this year, every time we've played a top team in the NFL, the Bears just are completely non-competitive? Yep. It, it, it's Pace's fault for having this horribly constructed roster Nagy does absolutely nothing to give you any sort of tactical advantage. I mean, the first play of the game was a frickin' uh, shovel pass out of the shotgun that had absolutely no chance of going anywhere, got (laughs) completely blown up. You know, poor Lachavius Simmons. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the, the the Lachavius Simmons, because I'm sure half the people listening to this podcast don't even know who that is, <laughs> was the starting right tackle in the game yesterday for the Bears. He was a seventh-round pick last year. And yet again, the Bears had him up on an island against Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, just very, very good pass rushers. And they made him look so bad that the Bears benched him in the second quarter. They benched Lachavius Simmons. Ha, ha, but... How How is he supposed to be successful there? I get it. It's the NFL. It's next man up. Yeah. But you get to a point where the next man up just isn't any good, and you have to give him some help. Yeah. Put a tight end out there.
0: Yeah, so I do want to comment on part of that. First, I do want to send huge kudos out to... Tom Brady, for throwing his 600 touchdown pass. I don't care whether you're a Brady fan or not, that's some, that's some pretty amazing performance over a really long time. And we know that only a few guys, our own sweetness was one of them, have shown that kind of endurance, durability, and consistent performance for a really long time. It's a rare feat, folks. Uh, but, um, you know, continuing on, the The fact that uh, you have this roster that is uh, made up of players that are this uh, this roster yesterday that was made up of players who uh, either don't have the talent to perform at that level or don't have the experience to perform at that level or both. I mean, they're out there and they're getting outclassed like crazy feel sorry for Lachavius Simmons because the thing is is that he shouldn't have been out there in the first place. He would, he was probably excited that he was trying that he was getting his first start in the NFL, but I'm sure he was scared in his britches too. I mean, we've seen this happen this year it seems at least to me to be exceptionally bad, and the secondary and the offensive line are the worst of it.
1: Yeah, and uh, on the Simmons point, so Simmons was the offensive lineman that got beat on both of the strip sacks that ended up being yes. turnovers in the first quarter. And just for some context... Badly. Yeah, badly. Beat, beat badly. Well, yeah, and, 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 and for, for some context on that, in the NFL, the average time to get rid of a pass is right around two seconds two for seconds. a quarterback. Yep. And so on the first strip sack... Fields got hit in 1.9 seconds, a guy blew right around Simmons, and on the second sack it was about 2 seconds, I think it was 2.03, something in there. So Fields barely even had a chance to even read the field and get the ball out, but it comes back to, when you have elite pass rushers lined up over your third string tackle, who was drafted as a guard last year in the seventh round, so we're not even talking about the most talented offensive line you have on the roster. What do you think is gonna happen?
0: Actually, Olin Krutz, uh yesterday tweeted that he's a he's the fifth
1: guy. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so... If, he's not
0: third string, he's fifth string. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, you start you start with a fatty, and then you have uh, Wilkinson, who's out with COVID, which we'll get to that, because of course the Bears are in the middle of a COVID outbreak while all this is going on. And then, for some reason, you elect not to start Alex Bars, who's actually looked okay and yeah. who came into the game in and relief the, of Simmons. Befuddlement. Yeah, so, so whatever process got you to that point needs some review, but... It's just you're, you're putting your players in terrible positions, and we've talked about that time and time again with Matt Nagy. It's yeah, like,
0: this is why I've written um, uh, Nagy about uh, Duke Shelley and uh, Marquis Christian and
1: these guys, because it's like, these guys have no business being on the field. Y- yeah, and, and that comes back to pace too, but before moving on to that, it's just the Nagy... Thing seems to be you don't adjust your scheme based on your personnel and your scheme hasn't even worked in the best case scenario and all you guys are healthy. And now that you're at the second and third strings at some of these positions, you're still trying to do the same thing. It, it makes no sense.
0: But okay. So it, here, do a continuation on that because really the place where he seems to have exhibited that prime time is with quarterback, and not just with Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's basically Ben trying to fit this square peg into a round hole his entire time here, and we've never seen it pay off other than the one game four years ago when they actually beat Tampa Bay before they had top ready. <laughs> that was the only time we've actually seen that offense look like it's supposed to if you listen to Matt Nagy and... History tells us that that fucks oh, Actually, there was the time
0: where uh, Mitchell Trubisky threw
1: six touchdown passes against Tampa Bay. That, that's what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, that, that was game. the same, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. The yeah. same game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's the game I'm talking about. And history will tell us that that was one of the all-time worst pass defenses <laughs> in the history of the NFL. So, you know, you're, you're not necessarily falling back on a system that's proven to work. It's just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. And it's just... I tell you what though, if I'm in a bar, I'm like... ladies, (laughs) ladies, <laughs> uh, I threw six touchdown passes one time. I mean, had six more touchdown passes than I've ever thrown in a game, <laughs> right? But, you know, that was a long time ago, and he's not even here anymore. So, I mean, and, and going back to the Bucks roster, and I think this gets more to Ryan Pace, but I was just curious, because I was watching that game, and I was like, wow, the Bucks have just a lot of talent on that roster. They really do. And I wonder, and I was just looking at their offense, and I was looking at the guys that started the game, and I was like, where did these guys come from? And Forgetting Tom Brady for a second, but you got Mike Evans, that's a Buccaneers first round pick. Yep. Chris Godwin, Buccaneers third round pick. O. J. Howard, their starting tight end, Buccaneers first round pick. Then you go to their line. The right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, was a second round or a first round pick, excuse me. The left tackle Donovan Smith was a second round pick. Both the guards were drafted highly by the Buccaneers. So that's how you build these championship rosters. And if you contrast that to the way the Bears roster is constructed, who is predominantly starting at, on the Bears? It's low draft picks, it's free agents, and it's trades. That's just not the way you build yep. a sustainably good roster. And, it's and another is ex- reason.
0: And it's exactly the opposite of what Ryan Pace has said since he's come to the organization.
1: Yeah, well, and it's crazy too to me because we're talking about Ochavius Simmons. And I went back and looked because Ryan Pace has been here seven years. Yep. How many tackles do you think he's drafted? It's five, I think. Four. And, and one of them is Lechavious Simmons, who was drafted as a guard. He yeah. was playing tackle yesterday. He, 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 he was a tackle, though, in college. And so was uh, Arlington Hambright. Okay, I'll give him Hambright then, so it's five. The other Two of them were this year, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. They're yep. both on IR. And you know who the other tackle was? Tayo Fabaluge. <laughs> <laughs> in the seventh round in 2015. From, from TCU. Exactly. So he went from 2015... To twenty twenty, having not drafted a tackle, he's not drafted any he none of the guys that he's drafted have really panned out, at least to this point. We'll see what happens with Borum and with Jenkins. But I think Fabulule was like <laughs> on the team for like a week. Or he, something. Well he's huge. Like that was his thing, right? He was like three hundred and sixty pounds or something like that. But of course your offensive tackle situation is terrible because you haven't invested anything, anything. in. It. And now you got Jason Peters and pig simmons out there pig simmons is his nickname for those of you that don't know oh man but man of course you're not going to stack up well against the elite pass rushers in the nfl and that just came to bear on sunday and it cost the bears a lot of points because their fields turned the ball over five times and two of them were a direct result of poor tackle play
0: yeah i mean so uh that's a that's a great point jim um and it as i said Ryan Pace has promoted that attitude since he's come to the team, but he hasn't lived it. He's talked it, but he hasn't lived it. I mean, it's as you said, most of the team is free agents. uh, Most of them, uh, through his regime, uh, we've overpaid for, uh, both in draft picks and money, um, or uh, they're, they're low draft round picks. And then, of course, when you add in his bus, it. It's just, it's crippling. And then the, the the players that were there, that could be of value, he got rid of. Um, and then even, uh, you know, some of the players that did come into the system
1: and made good, he didn't follow up. No, and the only way to offset years of bad drafting is years of good drafting. That's one of my favorite sayings in the NFL. And when are we going to see years of good drafting? (laughs) It hasn't happened yet. You can talk about how well Ryan Pace does late in the draft, and that's great. I didn't name Ryan Jensen. He was a late-round draft pick by the Ravens. That's the Buccaneers' starting center. And, and so there's places on the roster that you do need to fill in with smart free agent signings or with late round draft picks. But the core of your championship team needs to be built in the first three rounds. And right. it's just been a wasteland when you look at what pace is done with those picks. And that's why the Bears are where they're at, because you have to fill in those holes somewhere. And often it's with overpriced free agents whose best years are behind them. And you can point to several places on, that, on this roster where that's the case.
0: Yeah, and um, it's, it's been the same business uh, every single year. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't see it change at all. That, combined with what we talked about last week, when it comes to players playing out of position yep. that is infuriating to me because it's like yes we recognize we're not experts we're sitting here in my living room but the fact of the matter is is that this is the real the real stickler is why is it that we can see it and he can't he's the one that's supposed to be able to see it and you know, it, it always comes back to, why is that guy playing in that spot?
1: Yeah, and why are you investing resources in places where it doesn't make sense? Another guy that I want to get on that I think fits into that theme quite well was Cole Komet, because he's been pretty good over the last couple of weeks, but he had a crucial drop early in that game. Yeah. So the Bears were down 7 nothing, and they're actually moving the Second ball. Second
0: week in a row that he's dropped a, a crucial first down.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and in this particular one... Uh, the Bears had run off a couple of nice plays with with Herbert. And they were on third and eight, and Fields made a perfect throw to to Cole Komet that would have gotten him the first down, hits him right in the hands, and he drops it. Like, catch the damn ball. He tried to basket catch. Yeah.
0: What is that? Why would anybody at that level try to basket catch anything?
1: Well, and and, and and it's not like you even needed yards after the catch to get that first down. All you needed to do was catch it and fall. Right. And in this type of game, where you're playing the Buccaneers, at this point, they were only winning 7-0... and the Bears were kind of driving, so the game wasn't over yet. It was soon to be over in the next 10 minutes or so. So, But, uh, but you got to make that play. And Mooney had a drop, too, that would have gotten them a first down. It's like when you're playing teams like that, your margin of error is so small. You cannot make those kinds of stupid mistakes, especially in Cole Komet's case when you're the high draft pick at tight end. Catch the damn ball. Come right. on, man.
0: So uh, agreed on all those points, and... Um, what I felt when I watched the game yesterday is that, I mean, it's hard to look at the team and not talk about the things that we just rehashed. But um, the, the simple fact of the matter is, uh, I heard time and again uh, through the broadcast and on the Twitter sphere after the game that they need to focus on fields. Everything that the organization does from this point forward needs to be around development of him. That is the only hope we have right now. And we've had this hope before. And at least in my eyes, we have never once fully built around a quarterback. We didn't do it with Trubisky. We didn't do it with Cutler. And when you look at these players that are around him, especially at wide receiver and at the offensive line, it's always got these fill-in guys. I mean, fans out there, who is... I asked the same question last week. Who are receivers?
1: You're not a fan of Demir Bird? (laughs) The Bears have the fastest wide receiver group in the NFL, they have three guys with great speed in Mooney and Bird and Goodwin, and they have absolutely no ability to take advantage of that. It's because, A, their offensive line is not good, so they don't have time to let those guys develop routes. It's terrible. And, and B, those guys aren't good route runners. <laughs> They're I mean, just fast. Yeah, it, but, it, the yeah. offensive line is just horrid. It, it is. It is. And the reasons for that is because not to beat the same dead horse, but there's just not been money invested in that position. It's yeah. Peters, you got just a revolving door at right tackle. You've got Mustafer, who's actually been okay, but he's an undrafted free agent starting at center. And then you've got White and Daniels, who are both pretty good players, but nothing super special, right? So it's just a position that Pace is just not historically invested in. And you're seeing that come that you're seeing the chickens come home to roost, as they say, right? I mean, yep. when you don't invest in a position for that long, it's gonna be bad, and yep. it's it's bad.
0: Yeah. So you know um, his uh, his output when it has come to uh, the three really crucial spots, that being quarterback left tackle, and defensive end, uh, all three of those, the results have mostly been poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look to Mac. The only thing is, is that, and I do harp on this, is that we paid a king's ransom for him. So he's supposed to be one of the very best players in the NFL. That's what we paid for. Has he been one of the very best players in the NFL? I would not say so. I would say he's definitely been great. Elite? I don't know.
1: Yeah. This year, he's got a lot of sacks, but the last two years in particular, you didn't really get much from him at all in terms of explosive game. And what happened yesterday? And yeah, nowhere to be found yesterday, and... That's kind of been a theme with him a little bit is when you get into these big games, he doesn't always seem to be noticeable, and that's what you're paying him to be. I mean, anybody can get a bunch of sacks against the Lions and the Vikings and these other bad teams, Right. But when you're playing Tom Brady, you need your pass rushers to show up, and he was in a bad spot too yesterday because Quinn was out and Hicks was out, but man, you're getting paid to be one of the top two or three defensive players in the NFL, and we didn't see it yesterday. I didn't think. Yeah, that potato head in uh
0: and for the Vikings, Jared Allen, he he, uh, they always hype that guy up so much. But if you go look at his numbers, almost all the majority of his sacks by far are all on turf.
1: Oh, really? During domes? I didn't even know that. Well, he wasn't any good when he came to the Bears. I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that was a wow. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I want to touch on from the game is. Obviously, Fields needs to do a better job of protecting the ball. Five turnovers just cannot happen. It was interesting. Did you hear the explanation for what happened on the first the first interception? Uh,
0: I, I didn't pay attention to any of the explanations because to me, the explanations were obvious uh, that he had a split second basically in the pocket on every single play. Uh, he was absolutely hammered again yesterday. You... Uh, Please, who is ever running this, who's ever running the personnel there, all the coaches would just stop letting him get hit unabated. Already, I don't care what they have. If they have to trip the guy, if they literally have to rip his helmet off, do it. Stop letting them run unabated right into
1: him. Yeah, no kidding. The second play of the game, Antoine Winfield Jr. comes just flying right off of the left tackle and just nails fields right in the back. That can't happen. I mean, you know Todd Bowles is one of the most creative defensive coordinators when it comes to blitzing. Have some max protect. I understand why you don't want to do that because you're not going to score a ton of points when you're in max protect, but you know what else you're not going to score a ton of points when the quarterback's laying on the ground a second and a half after getting the ball? Yeah,
0: I mean, at this rate, he's going to get hurt. It's just a matter of numbers, right? But I'm just I'm just so overseeing that. It, it, I don't know who needs to figure that out. Um but somebody needs to you know needs to step forward and say okay enough is enough we need to load up this side because we can't have our quarterback getting hit that way anymore
1: no and i don't really trust the coaching staff to put together a plan to make that any better especially with this talent that they have on offense but it was interesting going back to that first interception apparently one of the coaches had told him in the headset snap the ball they've got 12 guys on the field yeah and so fields thought it was a free play fields thought he was number 12 again yeah what 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 (laughs) the hell how how does that happen because they they showed the all 22 replay on the broadcast and at least a couple seconds before the ball was snapped, there was eleven defenders on the field. So I don't know who told him that it was still a really bad throw. Right, and I thought he had Robinson and Mooney open, but I think he was trying to take a shot. And then the two strip fumbles. I forgot about that. Yeah, the two strip fumbles we talked about already. He had absolutely no time. And then the fourth turnover was the pick that Mooney dropped. So right, you and know.
0: you know, and, and this, you know, uh, fans, I'm certainly not excusing Fields' play uh he's got to clean up the turnovers, but the thing all i'm saying is is that um that's getting to the uh that's getting to the cart and not paying attention to the horse yeah we've got to give him some time and as you were just saying, if we got to be in max protect every single down, fine, so be it. Um, you know, start designing, uh, start giving him plays, Nagy, that fit getting rid of the ball fast. I don't know how many times yesterday I was screaming at the TV, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. It's ridiculous. Don't have him holding on to the ball when you know that your offensive line is a sieve.
1: I mean, come on, use some brains. And it's not getting any better. We got... Three elite pass rushers coming to town over the next three weeks. You got Bosa, you've got TJ Watt, and then you've got the Ravens, who are just a good defense. It
0: literally should be designed you get the ball, you throw the ball. You get the ball, you hand off the ball. I mean, it should be that fast because that's the only way we're going to be able to operate with the offensive line in the shambles it is in.
1: Exactly. I mean, you've got to make it work. And if making it work is scoring fewer points but not letting the quarterback get killed, that's what you got to do because. You're not scoring points anyway. With this, Do you know the Bears are averaging 14.5 points a game in the NFL? Yeah. In twenty just... in 2021, 14.5 points a game. That is brutal. You <laughs> cannot win hardly any NFL game with fewer than 20 points nowadays. And to be averaging less than that over the first seven games of the season is just absolutely pathetic.
0: Yeah, and this goes back to Nagy's employment. Um, I, like I said, I think he should be fired this week, uh, and we'll wait and see if that happens. But, uh, you know, his offense has gotten worse every single year he's been there, uh, exponentially, actually, you know, uh, now we're. Pretty much dead last, right? I mean, is there anybody out there who doesn't think that the Bears are one of the three worst teams in the NFL? I mean, it's really hard to it's it's really hard to put any other team up above them. But I know there's a couple, you know, amongst uh, you know the Jets or the the Texans uh, or the Jaguars. Uh, but, I mean, the Bears should not be in the same conversation as those. I, I've i been a Bears fan for a long time. I've spent a lot of money on the Bears. And I don't feel like, I feel I'm being cheated as a fan. I feel that they are literally taking my money and my time as a fan and just throwing it in the garbage and lighting it on fire. <laughs> So, you know, it, the thing is, is that, yeah, it is our team. We can say we because we pay you. So, you know, we should be able to uh, have our voices heard. And it's not, I don't think we're demanding, uh, you know, outrageous, making outrageous demands here. Uh, protecting the quarterback? How's that? You know, um, putting together a semi-functional offensive line. Yes, I get it about the whole COVID thing, right? And, and you know, I don't. I'm not going to go into that. But all I'm saying is, is that even if you've, even if you do have to fill in some guys like Latavius Simmons, right? Then give that guy help on
1: that side
0: and leave it over there.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bears are not the only NFL team that's ever had to go into the third or fourth string of their roster. The good teams figure out a way to make it work. It's not putting a seventh-round pick that you know probably isn't very good out on an island against Jason Pierre-Paul. I mean, that guy's got almost 100 sacks in his career. (laughs) He, He is a very, very good pass rusher that has been doing it for a very long time. Why are you leaving him one-on-one with Lachavius Simmons with absolutely no help? It's just, who is drawing up that play and thinking, yep, I think this is going to work? It's just baffling to me how, how we can sit here and recognize how big of a mismatch that is, and yet you saw it twice, at least, in that game on Sunday, and twice it led to turnovers for Tampa Bay. I mean, you're just not putting your guys in a position to succeed. And I think, like... You know, obviously, this is a terrible game. I don't really want to talk about Bears 49ers that much. I, I, I think, like, how, how, how do you think we fix this? How, how, we, obviously, we both want Nagy and Pace gone yesterday. So, but it's it's I, not going to happen. So, like, where do we go from here?
0: So, I, I was thinking about this um, last uh, last night and today. And, I like I said, number one, uh, fire Matt Nagy. Yes, he. it's time. Uh, Number two, fire Ryan Pace, uh, fire Ted Phillips. I think they have to deconstruct the team completely. And then um, when you bring in new personnel, that way you tell them, hey, this is your team now. You you keep what you want. You get rid of what you want. And uh, we'll back you. Just like they did with Pace, right? They basically gave him... The run of the ship, the entire time he's been there, he can't look to anybody else. The only reason I'm bringing up Phillips is because there's just been so much losing underneath that guy, and at some point he's he is involved, right? So, and then you have McCaskey. I don't know what would happen with that. You know, George McCaskey is like I said, he's the third McCaskey to be running the team, I don't know what you do there. there. I mean, it's. I really don't believe that the McCaskies
1: are going to sell the team at any at any point. No, I don't think so. And in the near future. I, I don't think so. And so I, I, I think in terms of realistic next steps, what I, what I want to see over the next couple weeks is the trade deadline is November 2nd. I want to see what players on this roster you can get anything for. Like if the Bears will trade a sixth-round pick for Jakeem Grant – there's some guys on this roster that you can maybe get a late draft pick for. Allen Robinson comes to mind. Maybe Akeem Hicks. You never know. But can you start getting fifth, sixth, seventh round picks for next year? Because you got to start rebuilding this roster. And I know that late round picks are nothing to get excited about. But with the with as bad and as devoid of talent, I don't as know. This with Ryan is, Pace, that's pretty much where all his production comes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like with 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 as barren as this roster is in certain places like you've got to start getting functional guys in here even if they're not going to be superstars and starting to rebuild this team
0: yeah and you know uh like you said realistically uh what can we see you know right now um there's it's it's hard to look past how bleak it is right now because i don't remember it being this bleak for for a long time um but uh you yeah you try and get the most out of the guys that you can um you i i don't know what what do you do with the offensive line uh, bars bars actually what why was it that bars would didn't start that game i just didn't i, I didn't understand that cuz i mean i've read multiple times that he can play any spot on the line which it's like why isn't that guy then just on the on the line period all the time. Why doesn't he have a starting spot, you know? So, um they they've got to do they've got to fix that. To me, that's the most glaring problem right now. And that's simply because you've got to protect number 1. Mm-hmm. And that that you need to make your first priority. Whatever you got to do, you got to fix it so that that kid doesn't get clobbered like that anymore.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I would Like to see the Bears invest heavily in offensive line. I mean, just to your comment about when the last time it was this bleak. I actually think the roster is in a worse position right now than it was uh, when Ryan Pace took over. Absolutely, and that's saying a lot. That is. If you think about how bad the Bears were uh, during the Trestman Emery era, but at least then you weren't in salary cap hell. I mean, the Bears' salary cap next year is already it's a nightmare. I mean, you've got so much dead money sitting there right now, and you don't have a first-round pick next year either, right? So it's not a situation that's going to be easy to climb out of, but that's why I think you got to start trying and start you know, taking these guys off of the roster that you're not going to get anything from and seeing what you can get. I mean, maybe someone will give you a seventh-round pick for, like, Andy Dalton, right? Yeah, like, I mean,
0: <laughs> in, well, you know, you make a really good uh, point, too, um, about you know trying to make some trades before the deadline because – the problem is is that most of the guys that we got have no value right uh and um the guys that we do got that uh do have some value all have cap numbers that are just ugly yeah that nobody wants right uh Dalton is maybe the only guy uh that we could uh get rid of because his numbers aren't huge um and uh what what quarterback went down this week? Was it Wilson?
1: Yeah, Wilson.
0: So I mean, maybe the Jets, right? Like you, the you Seahawks, could, or you something like see. that. Um, uh, the The Panthers aren't they in a? They they went to I don't know who the guy is. <laughs> some they went to some guy uh, <laughs> after uh, another shitstorm from uh, from Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold, uh, all rem- reminding us that. Uh, yeah. He's just as awful as we thought that he was. Um, but uh, yeah, they went to, I don't know, some guy and, um, and so they, they're, they're probably in need of a quarterback as well, but it, it's a great idea uh, and concept to, you know, try and get uh, something out of nothing. But the problem is, is that that, number one, that's not Pace's history. Nope. Uh, and number two,
1: we got slim pickings. Well, and the, the biggest problem with it all is that unless you're going to fire Ryan Pace, he's not going to do that because I don't think he would survive another rebuild with this team, which is what you need to do. You need to rebuild this roster and actually start compiling some talent in the most important positions. But with Pace, he's been here seven years and has very little to show for it. And I don't really know if he'll be allowed to stick around. So you're in this terrible spot where the long-term interests of the Bears aren't aligned with the general manager and with the head coach. And so it's kind of like stagflation, right? There's Mm -hmm. just no real good answer to that if you're not going to fire those two guys. And it doesn't feel like the Bears are going to fire those two guys unless things go really badly over the next couple weeks and you fire them during the bye. but. The McCaskies have never done that in the history of the franchise, and I don't know if this is bad enough to warrant that. I mean, the the Bears are getting laughed at nationally.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a total joke, a
1: row, right? Like yeah. they're, they're the laughing stock of the league right now, and I don't know if anybody over there cares. But if you, you know, do, I,
0: that's that's probably a motivation for teams coming to play us. Like, oh, we can't lose to these guys.
1: No, you would think. I mean. The 49ers are going through a rough spell right now, and don't you think they're saying, all right, we've got a win this week. I mean, we, we, we are going to go up against this team that's reeling, that's got tons of COVID cases right now, which is just another thing. That Ohio State is, is just... going,
0: okay, we got these guys this yeah. week. We We got to beat them. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean... And, and, I mean, you talk about the COVID outbreak. I mean, Nagy tested positive today. So Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, I hadn't see that? seen that. Yeah, no, yeah, Matt Nagy has COVID, so what that's good. What an idiot. But, yeah, so, like, you wonder who he was in close contact with, and there's already four players on the COVID list, not including Damian Williams, who just got off of it. How many more are we going to see? So it's it's bad over there right now, and there's there's a lot of things working against the Bears and like another one of them is the schedule that we've talked about. Right. I mean, yeah. we could be losing it. We could be looking at three, four more losses before I think the bears play Detroit on Thanksgiving. That's probably the next game you're going to win. And so it's, uh, and there's it's a, there's no guarantees situation. there either. No, no, you could lose uh, at, in Detroit on Thanksgiving. I mean, there is nobody that this team can't lose to. Yeah. Right I mean, now.
0: as far as, as far as, uh, you know, getting guys traded before the deadline, there's just really not a lot to choose from. I mean, I think you're right. Maybe they could trade Dalton Foles. Nobody wants Foles because of his because of the the dead money around him. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know who you who you look at. Um, the other thing though uh, I did want to talk about is they you know it's, it has seemed like on the surface that Sean Desai taking over the defense. Was a good move. But when you watch this team, there is a lot of undisciplined play. Bilal Nichols gets ejected yesterday. This is after the week last week, uh, the unsportsmanlike. Uh, Then two weeks ago, I, I mean, if you look at practically every game, we've had somebody being a total hothead, and doing something stupid. And that is also direct reflection on
1: the coach. You know you know, Nichols is the fifth guy to get ejected under Matt Nagy for throwing a punch? Wow. Fifth guy in four years. I did not know that. And I, I was thinking about this today, too, because the Bears always... Like, if you remember, last year when the Bears set... Just when the Bears explained why they weren't cleaning house, they said it's because we think our culture is great. And it's just little things like that. Or There's been a lot of just stuff going on this year where it just seems like you're not really running a very tight ship. I had forgotten about this, but do you, do you remember that literally none of the defensive players other than Roquan Smith showed up for OTAs this year? Oh, that's right. Like, for this new defensive coordinator, none. Smith was the only one, yeah. The only starter, at least. There might have been some backups there, but... Uh, For this new defensive coordinator that all of the players gave ringing endorsements to and not one of them could be bothered to show up for (laughs) off-season training other than Roquan Smith. I mean, that's one. And then and it's
0: it's as you said. I mean, there was, of course, you know, backup guys trying to win spots on the team. Mm -hmm. But, yes, that is too much of a coincidence right there. Smith is the only one to show up. Everybody else is like, I'm not wasting my summer on that.
1: Yeah, and... You think about some of the other stuff that's been happening this year, whether it's Nichols, again, getting ejected. And similar to last year with uh, uh, the, the guy on the Saints, his name's escaping me, but everybody knows that the guy that Nichols punched is an instigator. Everybody yeah. knows that he's trying to get under your skin. Yep. How do you let that guy goat you into a, a penalty that gets you ejected? I mean, that's just undisciplined. And then we've seen other taunting or unsportsmanlike conduct penalties that are just undisciplined and you know you think about some of the other things this year with guys making idiots of themselves on social yeah. media so or so,
0: in, so uh, in, in that in that vein right so it, it, it's been going on all year agreed yes yeah so the thing is is that again change yeah right it's been going on week after week after week where is the adjustment where is guys they're goading us okay and we're falling into their trap every single week we got to stop this we, we i don't care what you have to do if you have to bite your tongue and so hard it bleeds and then
1: walk over to the sideline do that but don't do this because they're watching us it's like where's the accountability right i mean exactly mario edwards maybe you could make an argument that he should have just been cut after after Absolutely. He, after he took that uh, unsportsmanlike penalty against rodgers because the week before he had two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties these for not keeping his head on the field and you know the other thing that i actually hadn't heard but i I heard today when i was listening to one of the bears beat writers and it just really annoyed me was apparently none of the bears veteran players have been talking to the media so with covid basically the only player now because reporters can't go into the locker room the only player that has to talk to the media is fields because he's the starting quarterback Mm -hmm. all the other players have to elect to do so and apparently, after that loss to the Packers, the only players that would talk to the media was Khalil Herbert, Sam Mustafer, and a couple of other guys that are less experienced on the roster. And you just think about that when, you, it, and it's a small thing, and I don't know how many people really care, but it's stuff like that when you talk about... I don't account- think it's a small thing. Yeah, it's stuff like that when you talk about accountability and professionalism and when you go through where an, are big money guys? Yeah, when you go through an embarrassing loss, exactly an embarrassing loss to your rival at home, and the only players that are there to answer for it are guys at the bottom of the roster. Where where are your hard where are your high paid veterans? Right, that yeah. can't apparently take ten minutes out of their day to go and explain the team and, and answer the reason why the Packers were able to come in and beat us yet again. I think it just speaks to the, the culture on this team, and the culture just seems to suck, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. and, that's- and uh,
0: you know, the, along that line, um, I think they need to dis- they they need to disavow that club dub thing. <laughs> Get rid of that thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, as far as I know, nobody else does it. Um, it, it was cute uh, in eighteen when we when we had a great culture, right? And the teams really seemed to uh, play off of each other. But um, you know, since then. We've watched the team devolve. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know if there's a better word for it than that. And it's gone to a place now where it's practically anarchy on the field. Uh, that's not joking that much, really. I mean, like you said, with Nick, Nichols yesterday, what, that is unacceptable behavior. Unacceptable You do not get to do things like that because you need to be out in the field trying to make this team better. Instead, you ended up looking like a total jackass, right? And, and you leave a hole in the defense.
1: Yeah. You're, you're one of the best players on the line. You're, one of the veterans of the group. Now, Nichols has been here for four years. You just can't have that Be looking kind of... for a
0: big money deal pretty soon.
1: Yeah, exactly. You just can't have that kind of mental mistakes. And I don't want to make a big deal about like the Bears players that have been idiots on social media. But it's just another thing where it's like, who's running the ship over there? Like, do you hear this kind of bullshit when you're talking about the Patriots or the Rams or the other... Well coached teams in the NFL, yeah. No, it's 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 just it's the bad teams where you hear this kind of nonsense going around, and it just kind of lets you it lets your mind question just what kind of accountability is happening in that building. Like what no, ki- it, it what looks you, like none, it, it feels like it, right? I mean, so that's just it, okay, another so reason why you of, fire Nagy, right? Yeah,
0: a, a, right in there. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this, right, uh, with Nagy. Um, who is sitting Nagy down yeah. and saying, uh, th- this isn't working out? And for that matter, Ryan Pace too. Who's sitting him down and saying, uh, look, um, we've, we've given you uh, quite a bit of uh, lateral, uh, lateral movement here. We've given you quite a bit of money to work with. We've given you uh, draft picks to use as resources.
1: And we're not really seeing the outcome that we uh, thought that we would. Well, that that kind of gets to my next idea for trying to get out of this just death spiral that the Bears seem to be in. <laughs> it, is that I want? The, I like that. Yeah, I want. I want the Bears to hire some sort of alumni council or team of consultants or whatever, and whether it's Olin Krutz or Matt Forte or any number of the Bears alumni that just rip this team to shreds in the media week after week, get some of them into the organization and take their ideas for how to start hiring guys. Love both of those guys. Yeah, how to start hiring guys that know what they're doing because it's enough of just Oh, well, we're going to hire... Charles Tillman. Yeah, sure. Any of them, whatever. Devin Hester. Yeah, you you don't need guys to come in and be the GM, but somebody that can be a voice of reason to the McCaskies because it's just too many times in a row where they've gotten it wrong and they've hired guys that don't know what they're doing. I mean, somebody in that building needs to be sitting down with George McCaskey and explaining to him exactly why this kind of performance is unacceptable and i just don't get the sense it's happening i think the mccaskies are listening to pace and i think they're listening to Nagy, and of course they're going to tell them what they want to hear because they want to keep their jobs like you need somebody in there to be that impartial football mind because it's not it's not present in the mccaskey organization and for whatever reason they just Seem to continue to repeat this cycle every few years, and it's just the same results time and time again. And and see, I finally put that role at Ted Phillips' feet. Yeah, but it can't be Phillips though. Like,
0: no, I'm just saying that he's he is that in that yeah. role, right? And you know, it goes, you know, it rolls downhill, yeah. right? But he is—he has been in that role for I think 21 years. Yeah. Okay, so it's not like this has suddenly come up. You know, you got to look at him, and then you got to look at uh, Pace, and then you—and you look at Nagy. But I, I, we said it before, earlier in the podcast, folks. We recognize it's not all Nagy, but at the same time, you can't let your team take the field as ill-prepared as they were yesterday. That is, when you go out there and get completely uh, embarrassed uh, at that level, somebody has to immediately pay for it.
1: You would think, but the Bears haven't operated that way. And I think when we're talking about Ted Phillips, I think what it boils down to is he can't be the guy that hires the next general manager. Right. Like, you need people and not some, like, consultant that has no connection to the Bears. Oh, man, that you're I giving, that. Yeah, that you're given a couple hundred thousand dollars to to find the next GM. It needs to be somebody that knows football, that cares about the organization beyond just cashing a check, that is sitting there interviewing whoever the next people running this organization are going to be. It can't be McCaskey. It can't be Phillips. You have to bring in any number of former Bears that I think would do it. They all talk about wanting to do it. They're not asking to be the GM, but they want to have input because they are able to recognize all of the glaringly obvious things that have gone on with this franchise that are wrong over the last two decades, and until that happens, I don't really have any confidence that anybody within the McCaskey family or Ted Phillips is going to get the next thing right either.
0: Right, and and they they have to look at it right now because we this is the best chance that we've had mm-hmm. to have a franchise quarterback. I don't think anybody would argue that or challenge that. It, he really is, and they need to get some immediacy here. Because we're we've got a limited um, amount of time with this, and um, you know we've got to take advantage while we still can. They have to do this with some fire under their ass because we've got to build around this kid. No more of this. Uh, yeah, we're we're going to make that a priority. I, I'm tired of the uh, of the wide receivers. Being, uh, you know, a shabby, thrown together core. I'm tired of the offensive line uh, having guys on it that definitely should not be there. How do you even watch Lachavius Simmons yesterday and and think that that
1: guy was ready to to start a game? I just don't get it. It's like, what are you doing in practice? Yeah, what what made you think that that was the guy to throw out there with no help? I mean, in, unless he was right. just tearing it up in practice and was just not good yesterday, but I really find that hard to believe. <laughs> so it's it's just... Who, who, no, nobody believes. <laughs> it's like, who is making these decisions? Matt Nagy talks all the time about collaboration and how we run everything through each other. Well, then how do you keep arriving at the wrong answer if you believe in the coaching staff altogether? Yeah,
0: to break it down, does that mean that Juan Castillo there is just a yes man? Maybe all of Nagy's um, assistants are just yes men. Maybe they are just blowing smoke up his butt because they don't want to face his wrath. Who knows? But whatever is happening, yeah, and we're talking again, let's remember, as you just said, we're talking about the guy who comes up to the microphone and says, the last word is me, right? When when everything's running good, but as soon as things fall apart, he's the one that. Where's Nagy at? Shouldn't he be like really addressing this issue right now? If that, if that is the case, then he needs to. Um, we need to fire the entire staff and just start all over again. I don't know what how, what else to do because the thing is is that his uh, when you have that kind of disorganization that we had yesterday
1: there There's gotta be some accountability, well it's just like it's just like we did this podcast already this year <laughs> like, it's, we we've already had the oh my gosh, did we do real, it five times actually yeah, it's like. We've already had the, oh, my God, the wheels have fallen completely off and we're a complete disaster and everything's terrible. Like, we've done it twice already, yeah. I think, before this Bucks game. <laughs> like, at some point, it's got to stop. I right, mean, right. Figure out a way to not be a complete embarrassment on Sunday. And, you know. So, okay,
0: just... okay, so, you know, going beyond
1: um, just, like, wins and losses, what what is
0: something that you would like to see against the Niners? Uh, I,
1: I, I want to see some sort of a next step from Justin Fields. I I feel like we've seen flashes from him, but we still haven't seen him consistently for four quarters move the offense. And maybe it's just not possible to have that kind of sustained success with the talent that's on the offense, but I want to see it not look like a complete disaster. and you know for too many times this year already it's been a disaster on offense and I want to see him put together some a series of competent looking drives that have a chance to put points on the board we've seen we we have seen a few of those against a defense that's not like Detroit yeah we haven't seen that yeah so like that that's what I'm looking for (laughs) for the rest of the year is show me that you're developing fields and that he's not getting worse I mean I don't think Justin Fields has any sort of crisis of confidence. Like, I don't either. He, he was up at the podium immediately after the game. He took responsibility, and he said, we're going to keep working, and we're going we're to fix this, right? So help him fix it. Help put him in a position to succeed, and let's start seeing something. Yeah, let's
0: Help you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's start seeing some sort of that development that Matt Nagy used as part of a way to get this job i mean i what i what, what i would just hate to see is the next 10 games just be the same sort of horrible offensive performance and then it's just a lost season like let's get on with it a little bit right
0: right and uh, i'll echo that um if for me to see uh just a modicum of success uh with, against the niners we've got to at least see uh, Fields get a chance to actually throw the ball, um, where he's not getting pummeled, uh, you know. And whatever whatever changes that they need, adjustments they need to make, uh, Juan Castillo, uh, Nagy, they they've got to make those just so we don't let the kid get killed. And then you know try and work uh, try and work some. I, maybe they need to make the plays just more basic. I, I it may make the playbook uh, a little bit more simple. I don't know. I think we've but, been saying that for two years now. Yeah, right? I know, I, mean. <laughs> I know. I, I, now uh, we will call out um, Khalil uh, Herbert, um, the the kid. Uh, you know, came from the came from Pace's golden zone, yep. uh, and he's really showing it. I, I think there's a legitimate chance that
1: he could take that job.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Because he's
1: looked pretty damn good. Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, Damian Williams, by having to sit out for 10 days because he's not vaccinated, might have cost himself a starting job, at least until Montgomery comes back, right? So you hope to see it because I've really liked what I've seen from Herbert. Another thing I want to see in this game is I want Nick Bosa to have fewer than like 3 sacks maybe. <laughs> like he let, let him get 2, but let's try to hold him under 3. Can we can we can we do that? I don't care if you need to triple team the guy and let somebody else on that line beat you, but he's a game wrecker and so far game wreckers have had very nice days against the Bears this year. So Yeah,
0: and you know, whatever they need to do to uh, also uh, increase the amount of targets that Fields is getting in front of him, mm-hmm. um, and that's not just throwing the ball to the to the running backs, right? Uh, still, we we have yet to see very many deep balls. Um, we've got a kid who's known for being able to do that exact ability with great accuracy, right? Uh, who cares if he? It, I was reading yesterday uh, one of the. Uh, somebody on Twitter Sphere said, "I don't care whether he throws seven interceptions. Let him grip it and rip it some, right? Sure. I actually follow that. Uh, yeah, let him start throwing the ball and let's make these fast, right? He gets the ball. He rips the ball. Let's just see him get that kind of decision power and start. You know, if he like, you know, you're right. Uh." So the one, Mooney, why he doesn't catch that football, I don't know. But, um, you know, that one, It's not that's not Fields' fault. He put it there, right? I don't care if we see more of those. But we need to let that kid um, speak,
1: right? Yeah. When, when, so to say. Yeah, exactly. When you uh, look at the rookie quarterbacks that are playing this year... Fields has by far the fewest pass attempts per game. Yeah. I want to see that so open up close. a little bit. Like I, I don't care about about giving yourself a marginally better chance to win by running the ball a ton at this point. Like the it's Bears, like he's in the Trent Dilfer offense. <laughs> yeah, like the Bears the Bears have have shown that they're not going to be competitive when it comes to playoff time against good teams. So, forget the Put it. Forget putting everything on the line to win that week. Let's get on with just the development, right? And start letting the kid throw. I mean, we we've got all these super fast receivers. Let's see if one of them can make a play. Maybe exactly play them down the field. Get Fields comfortable running an NFL offense. Okay, Is guys. Enough enough? All right, let's, let's huddle up. Okay, you. Run really fast. Yeah, it's like Rachel and friends, right? Like <laughs> just go stand there and when I when when you hear the whistle, run back and the next play we're doing it again. Um, you know, it's it's like just you wanna see those those types of things. I, I don't wanna see twenty-five handoffs to Herbert this week. I, I wanna see Fields try to open it up. And if you lose the game, fine, but it's time to start letting the kid show you what he is or isn't at this point
0: use the pass to open up the run yeah and to let the offense actually have some time on the field so that the defense isn't out there for the whole freaking
1: game you you know what else i'd like to see it's the bears have success running the ball when fields is lined up under center but they don't run any pass or they don't run any play action plays from that setup. All of their play actions are out of which shotgun. Is,
0: which is where they're supposed to be running it out. Yeah, of. it's
1: like if you've had success running out of this formation, then line up in that formation and instead of running it, run a play fake. Maybe you'll get the defense to bite. Like things like that. It's just I want to I, I want to start seeing this offense do things that are actually putting the the quarterback in a position to be successful. How about a screen pass? Yeah. First screen pass the Bears ran last week was when they were down twenty one to nothing already. Now, granted that was in the first quarter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but still, right? I mean, that's that's the old football thing. If you can't block a team Granted, that, that
0: was when they were getting ready to come out of
1: the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like when when you know you can't block, you can let those defensive ends come screaming around the edge and flip it over the top of them and try to run a screen. I mean, there's things you can do, right? So let's start actually seeing some of those ideas executed instead of just yeah. what we've seen. We,
0: we've got to do something to get the defenses off the, off the line. I mean, it's been consistent the last three weeks. They've got every single player within two feet of the line of scrimmage. You've got to you've got to get them to back off. And right now, every single defensive coordinator out there is looking their chops when they're seeing the Bears because they know that everybody has been uh, daring – fields to air it out and Nagy or fields or both have not made that happen let's let the kid start throwing the ball and make the make them back off because you know we do have two competent receivers uh that both can catch the deep ball right so
1: let's try and
0: at least make that
1: happen Yeah, and I mean, this is one, I I honestly haven't thought about the Bears 49ers a ton yet since we're recording on Monday night, but it feels like a game that maybe you can win, especially if you are able to complete some chunk plays because the 49ers secondary is pretty banged up. And you saw it last night on Sunday Night Football. The the game, the play that sealed the game was just a complete bust in the secondary. It kind of reminded me of Antrell Roll back there, if you remember that game, when he completely just misjudged a throw and just let the guy walk right in for a touchdown. But <laughs> it feels like a game that maybe you can win, especially if you can make some explosive passing plays. But I I, I don't know. I, t- I still think the Bears will I don't will know lose. about all that. Yeah, but I, 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 st- I still think the Bears will lose, but... I, I want to start seeing more development from fields it's been what five games now and I feel like he's kind of regressed actually as opposed yeah to getting better. I, I
0: think so too I think regressed is a good word for it I, and um I, I yesterday to me uh, one of the facial expressions I saw was I'm tired of getting my ass kicked
1: hey that's that's another thing there was like a whole extended uh, there was a whole ex- extended portion of the broadcast that just showed Fields sitting there on the sidelines. By I himself noticed that when the game was over, and he's just looking miserable. Like, where the hell is any not any one of the coaches that you've hired to be in that offensive room, or Andy Dalton, or Nick Foles, or anybody? Like, go talk to the kid. Why, why are you just <laughs> let him sit there in misery? It's just, I mean, he's a he's a he's a grown man, so I don't think that we need to feel too sorry for him there. But it was no, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's just kind of
0: weird. I think most fans that watch that game know exactly what you mean there. Like I said, I just hope um, Castillo and Nagy do something to just keep, uh, like you said, Bosa is going to be on fire. Yep. Um, and they do have a good front seven, period. Yep. Um, they're coming off a really sore loss, too. So they're going to be looking for some uh, some redemption. And um, I just don't want to see the kid get killed. So hopefully they'll do something to adjust there. And then, yeah, let him start chucking the ball. Because the thing is, is that if he does put together two or three uh, completions in a row on that kind of thing, that makes the
1: defense get real confused real fast and loosen up. And, and catch the damn ball. Catch the ball! There there were a couple of times where it seemed like the Bears were getting a little bit of offensive momentum, and then it got killed by either a uh, Komet or a Mooney drop. I think each of them had two. So, enough of that. Make make the damn play. Help your quarterback out. And y- y- I think you'll have opportunities against this secondary. I feel like I say that most weeks. But let's start exploiting them a little bit. If Allen Robinson wants to show up, that would be nice. Um, but... You know, the other thing, too, is the 49ers, their quarterback situation's not good either. Garoppolo hasn't really been very good, and Trey Lance is going through kind of the same thing that Fields is going through right now, maybe even a little bit worse because he probably wasn't even as NFL-ready as Fields was, but I think you've got an opportunity here. I think the Bears will probably still lose, and I think that if the game starts out poorly for the Bears, then that Soldier Field crowd is not going to yeah. be very understanding uh, but. I know. <laughs> guys
0: don't boo fields please okay <laughs> you know it's not it it's 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 not it's not a good look and we all know it's not the kid I mean he's literally played five games right so you know the let's um we we want to we want to win we want to see the team play well I, I'll just I'll I'll be happy if they, as long as they don't let him get killed and he actually gets a few seconds to to try and make a play.
1: Yeah, it's one of those weird things too where I've kind of noticed that people are doing a bit of a victory lap and saying that, well, this just shows you should have been starting Andy Dalton all along, right? It's like, if you have two scenarios, like, scenario A is yesterday, you just get absolutely destroyed. Wow. Or scenario B, you lose yesterday, maybe 38 to 25 or something with Andy Dalton. I'm still going scenario A. Please. (laughs) No, it would not be any better. Most... In my opinion, it'd
0: be worse. Yeah. I mean, Actually, in my opinion, he wouldn't even be on the field. He would have got injured three weeks ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, even some of the plays where guys came completely unblocked, Fields was able to get out of at least some of those. And in a couple of plays he still got sacked, but it wasn't just getting absolutely destroyed from the blind side like I think it would have been with Dalton. I mean,. I don't think Andy Dalton would have survived more than four or five games behind this line anyway. No, his so. his
0: his legs have saved him. Yeah. And uh, he, he has shown pretty good pocket awareness.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but no, Dalton is a statue. Yeah, if he's shown good pocket awareness. I would like to see him hold onto the ball a little bit more. He's fumbled a lot, actually, Fields.
0: Foles is a statue with a fountain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think at this point Matt Nagy would rather pick that guy out of the crowd that Mike Evans gave the ball to to start a quarterback (laughs) over Nick Foles. I don't think Nick Foles is going to be getting any action on this team anytime soon, but it's a a sad state of affairs over there. I I hope this week's a little bit better, um, but I, I still think the Bears probably lose.
0: Yeah, so... Well, uh, that does it for us for this week. Uh, we we tried not to um, hammer the same things over and over again. Unfortunately, the same things over and over again keep happening. So it's hard to avoid that. Uh, I'm looking for some small uh, victory, like I said, in... Uh, seeing, seeing Fields throw the ball downfield. If I get to see a little bit of that, I'll be a happy guy.
1: Just play better. Just yeah. stop stop playing so bad. Let's <laughs> let's uh let's see some progression from Justin Fields and just just don't ruin my Sunday again. I mean that's that's all we're asking. We're not asking for much bears. <laughs> let's let's not make Tom and me just dread having to get on this podcast again next week because man, I would love to be talking about some good stuff, but there's just nothing good to say after a performance like that.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us at Bearscat. We'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, thank you.